0: Hi, it's in your head with Lee Richardson, and I have got a great show today. really interesting guest Alex Doman. he is an entrepreneur, he's a best-selling author. he produces music, he does his own podcasts, he does TED Talks and what's really interesting to me is he's got 25 years experience in neurotechnology. He is the founder and chief product officer of Vital Neuro of Advanced Brain Technologies and Sleep Genius. His book, best selling book, Healing at the Speed of Sound, is published in five languages, and he contributes on all levels to magazines, scientific journals, all, all different levels. Um, his production credits are quite extensive. He guides teens who created cutting edge solutions and helped millions of people worldwide, including the listening program. Which is a program that really rings true into my head because I understand that the brain, it's a musical brain. Um, and the, the audio streaming service and sleep genius and all, all different kinds of things. He's shifting his focus and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but he's going to shift his focus to vitals Leonardo, a mobile cloud based neuroscience platform for brain wellness. So, you know, it's interesting to me as I've learned about Alex is. He comes. He's a third generation and a a family of pioneers that have all really been focused on improving their brain performance. Tell us a little bit more about that, Alex.
1: Lee, thanks for so so much for having me on it. It's great to be on the show. Yeah, I've been very fortunate um, to grow up in the Doman family. My grandfather was a physiatrist, a doctor of physical medicine rehabilitation, one of the first, who um, he, along with his brother, pioneered the early um, treatment programs for people with brain injury, uh, both children uh, and adults. And that work uh, grew into working with children with sensory processing, uh autism spectrum disorders, learning and attentional challenges. And, uh, you know, that started in the 1940s. And, you know, the work was really centered around the fact that we all have, have unlimited potential. And these pioneers really understood the power of brain plasticity before it was a term that was really used and uh, really focused on very individualized programs to help people with brain injury recover from their challenges or neurodevelopmental issues. But then once they understood that they could help a, an injured brain or a hurt brain to recover, what could they do with healthy brains and with the infant brain? And they began focusing on accelerating programs for child development and helping adults achieve their potential. And my uh, father followed in that tradition uh, and founded the National Association for Child Development, which has been running strong since 1979, working with families all over the world, developing very personalized neurodevelopmental programs. And that's where I really got my start, you know, despite being a guinea pig for many of the methods uh, as a child, I started my formal research, you know, in the field of neurodevelopment in the early 1990s, focused on sound and music research and the impact that could have uh, on the brain. And in five years, uh, I worked with 2,000 clients doing clinical studies, and then through that work... um, decided to start advanced brain technologies and create uh, something called the listening program
0: well you know music is such a common bond and we i mean i'll use music when i'm going to the gym to pump me up i got to get it going and i'll use music sometime to calm me down and i really do understand because i you know It's a whole brain function. And that is what at the Brain Performance Center, what we're all focusing on, that it is a whole brain. And listening is very different than just hearing. Hearing is very passive and listening is more active. And I think that that may be where the listening program comes from.
1: Well, that that's a big part of it, Lee. I mean, the brain is musical. We are wired for sound as human beings. You know, music uh, plays such an important role in our lives, from mourning to celebration to. Um, accelerated learning techniques and, and relaxation and you know it just it permeates us everywhere. And the listening program was really centered around, you're right, this idea that listening is a conscious, active, dynamic process. And that with specially designed music that's acoustically modified, like the listening program, that we can actually train the brain to listen better. And as we do that we can get a myriad of benefits because one thing touches more areas of the brain than anything else, and this has been proven in the neurosciences. And that's music. You know, it touches the 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 deepest autonomic portions of the brain up toward the cognitive thinking brain and all brain areas in between. So when we listen to music, it's literally like watching fireworks uh, as different neural networks light up.
0: You know, it's interesting because one of the things that I focus on is the conscious level and the subconscious level. And this is a true fact. Every second, your brain is capable of taking in 11 million bits of data. The most that you can process on a conscious level is 40. We don't even have to do the math. You know that it's all subconscious. And that that subconscious is where trauma both physical and emotional—that's where that lives. And a lot of times that you do, we don't have the ability to process it on a conscious level. But by using something like music, waking that brain up, creating some neuroplasticity—it's amazing to me. So. How many different applications do you see for the listening program?
1: Well, it, it's wide ranging. You know, Lee, over the course of 21 years, um, we've trained 9,000 practitioners in over 40 countries, and we have seen applications we never could have imagined for. For uh, this method, and that's one of the beautiful things about it. Um, it, it. It does what you direct it to do. But really, it is you know designed as a brain plasticity-based program, and, and that means that by listening to it systematically, which is 15 to 30 minutes a day uh, through specially designed headphones five days a week, generally over the course of several months, if not longer, to get a physical structural change in the brain so we get behavioral changes. Now, what we commonly see are improvements in sensory processing, communication skills, our ability to focus, um, to get into flow states, um, to augment and help learning and study skills, to impact uh, working memory, um, problem solving, and is used quite a bit uh, in really uh, reducing sensory sensitivities so individuals that are sensitive to their environment can find calm and comfort in the environment because a big part of what it's doing Lee, is it's helping to reprogram one of those subconscious brain areas that you mentioned which is the autonomic nervous system this is the system that regulates our fight flight and our recovery response and even though the listening program started really focused on training listening skills What we discovered is that the greatest impact is in the autonomic brain, and that is helping individuals get out of fight or flight response and into rest and relax to achieve homeostasis so they can be comfortable in their world, reduce their stress, find calm, and communicate and socially engage.
0: Well, you know, that fight or flight mode, that's pretty difficult to manage. Because it's such a small, optimal window that that autonomic nervous system has to stay in to keep it balanced. And it gets a little bit out of balance. It gets hypo-aroused, and then we get anxious. We get into that fight mode, you know. And then it gets gets out of balance, under balance, gets hypo-aroused, and we get numb and we get fatigued. You know, in my world, I link hyper to anxiety and I link hypo to depression, Um And it's just that is something that is so hard to touch because it's it's our survival instincts in some ways. Going out to the growing up and listening to different things and we just it's our survival.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's one of the beautiful things about the right music is that um, we welcome it we intrinsically enjoy it and it can touch us in in the very deepest areas to really help that uh, emotional regulation and to improve mood and to take us out of a negative affect and move us into a positive affect. And if we're overly aroused to bring that arousal down, and if we have hypoarousal to raise that arousal up. So it's an incredible tool for brain modulation.
0: One of the things that really impressed me Alex is the amount of research that has been put into this. I think I saw somewhere that there's been like 20 plus studies that have been done and one that really caught my attention it was focusing it was I think it was done in the UK for toilet training with children with learning difficulties and you know being a mom and having two boys and going through that uh, toilet training My only hope was, gee, just let that happen before they turn three so they can go to preschool. It's such a difficult time anyway. And so I can't imagine how upsetting that can be when that can't happen. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about that study?
1: Yeah, that was an exciting study. And, you know, this is an example of how the method has evolved over the years. You know, we did not design the listening program to help with toilet training. Um, But what we did discover through provider feedback is that many children with special needs, particularly those with um, developmental delays or on the autism spectrum, that were not toilet training, started to toilet train during certain phases of the program in particular. When low frequency sounds were the concentration of the training. So, um, one of actually the lead uh, incontinence expert in the UK that helped direct the NHS system uh, for incontinence training proposed this study to explore if perhaps the listening program could improve uh, toilet training outcomes. And they did a study on 11 children. It was 11 or 12 children. And in the course of the first protocol, um, they found the majority of the children who had not been responding to traditional forms of continence training completely potty trained. And then after the course of a second round, the rest of the children did. So from a medical economic standpoint, what the data was beginning to show is that it would be more cost effective to give children the listening program than to put them in diapers and try to manage them in the classroom. Uh, and and to deal with the uh, you know amount of paraprofessional time that they required, so it was an incredibly uh, encouraging study, uh, and you know has you know been uh, a tool to provide great access for many more children to overcome this very difficult challenge.
0: Well, you know, I think why that resonated with me. Is what that does to self-esteem in children, and to think, you know, the social events that you can't go to, um, can't have sleepovers, you can't even go to school if you can't get that toilet training down. And I know how I got started with with my business through neurofeedback was when my son got hit by a car mm-hmm. and changed the way his brain was working. So I think that's kind of what. When I saw that, that really pulled me in, because when that happened to him, his self-esteem just went down. And all of a sudden, here's this kid in second grade, just rocking the world, gets hit by a car. By the time he gets in fifth grade, he comes to me, and this was, I don't want to date myself, but this was a long time ago, and he says, Mom, I have ADHD. And I'm like, I don't know what that is how could you have something that i don't know what it is and um, but in learning about it the one thing that i noticed was his self esteem had gotten so poor and when we started doing the neural feedback and, and that really increased his self esteem so i think that's that's what pulled me to that study but i'm sure that there are other studies that are equally impressive
1: yeah, there you know, there's a broad range, and uh, and and I appreciate you sharing that story about your son. And, and you're so right when we when we have a cha- a challenge in life um, that's severe, it's hard to feel good about ourselves. And one of the most beautiful things we really see in the listening program is not only that improved self-image. Um, but also just a brightness and an livening a brightening uh, of of people and just really a better quality of life and you know the studies have been very far rangingly you know for example one of the studies was done in the swedish healthcare system on adults that suffered from stress and burnout actually frontline healthcare workers and traditionally psychotherapy was the method of treatment and the investigators hypothesized that the listening program, based on seeing some other similar research, could help alleviate these uh, symptoms of depression, anxiety, and burnout and they in fact found um, taking two groups, one doing psychotherapy, one doing the listening program, that in a ten week course of of the listening that those particular patients Uh, went completely out of depression symptomology to a normalized response on the standardized tests, whereas the psychotherapy patients did not. Uh, And it was uh, very encouraging for that model to treat burnout and depression symptoms. Simply by listening to music twice a day for 15 minutes, um, and, you know there have been meta-analyses that have looked at large cohorts of children. Um, a, nine, a nine study meta-analysis that was published in Occupational Therapy International showing statistically significant outcomes in communication and in, in other areas. Uh, a number of studies on autism, Lyme disease, uh, a whole host of. Of things, so it, it's very far ranging. Um, but you know, it's very gratifying to us to see researchers take an interest in our method and to go through the time and effort to do well-designed research to, in fact, explore um, various applications of this technique.
0: You know, you bring up an interesting point because I'm a psychotherapist, and I'm a neurotherapist. But I've always, and I was a neurotherapist first. I got board certified back in 2005. Because I honestly believe that it's what's going on inside the brain that creates the dysregulation. And sometimes, you know, people, I've got clients that come in and they say, well, I've talked about this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Lee. I've been in therapy for 10 years. And it's, it's still an issue. And I think that that's because the real health benefit, I mean, and I value, I am not minimizing psychotherapy trust me i ran this business during the day i did grad school at night to be able to bring that in so i do see value in it but i think the real health benefits comes from when you create change in the brain you know anytime we do something that we enjoy and i'm going to be very transparent i've been doing a listening program and i enjoy that that I enjoy that music. Well, I know that's increasing the dopamine in my brain, that really real good neurotransmitter, Um, and hopefully lowering the cortisol, that real stress, that the adrenal glands kick out. So I appreciate you bringing up that point because there's a lot to be said for that.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I'm glad that you're, that you're listening, Lee. And, you know, so many of my colleagues and our providers are psychotherapists. And what they uh, are doing is using this as a tool to help accelerate their patient outcomes, to go deep. Into the nervous system, and to help um, bring feelings and emotions to surface so that they can be processed more rapidly. So um, what we really see is a beautiful pairing with these technologies, where we can access these deep systems and have a opportunity for you know talk therapy to work its magic. So um, I don't see them as mutually exclusive, but actually uh, a great pairing.
0: I agree with you. I, and that's why my approach is an ineg- integrated approach. And and I have to be honest with you. I've danced around this program for years. I have had clients that, that have shared with me that they've used it, and mainly in the autistic world. And I've always thought, that is so cool. I really have to learn more about that. But didn't have the time. I didn't make the time to do that. And so... I'm so happy that I have made the time because I see it. I understand it. I mean, we come at it very differently, but we're both trying to increase the neuroplasticity in the brain, and we're both trying to create that, put that brain into a more self-regulated state because there's four things that gets that brain dysregulated, and the first is genetics. Brain waves are just as genetic as anything else. The second is physical head trauma. And this kind of goes back to your roots way back when. Um, anytime you hit your head, you change the way that brain is wiring and firing. And the third is emotional trauma. And unfortunately, by the time we get, to, you know, we get out of, we start to grow up, we all are going to experience emotional trauma. And the fourth one is stress. And it, everybody is stressed out. I mean, and I almost think about the listening program as a stress management program.
1: Well, it's interestingly because that really has uh, become the foundation, is you know, working on that foundational autonomic nervous system, helping with stress regulation. And once we get our stress under control, beautiful things happen. We improve our focus. We improve our mood. We listen better. We express ourselves better. We sleep better. Um, We we can get into flow states. Our creativity comes alive. So it's really a foundation because when we're in survival mode, nothing else is a priority. When We we get out of it, everything else can rise above.
0: You've mentioned flow states a couple of times. Tell me a little bit, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, one of the key things about brain function is flexibility, the ability for the brain to be able to flow um, between brain states into whatever task is currently in front of us. And it's really, if we go to the idea of an open mindset, when we have a brain that's in flow, we have a brain that can achieve most anything. Uh, individuals with a closed mindset, and and this is just analogy, may have difficult shifting from one idea or one task to another. So the idea of being in flow is having that cognitive flexibility um, to shift between tasks with ease. And what we see with the listening program is people are really able to get into flow. And when we see somebody in flow state, we see higher uh, expressions of creativity. Uh, We see um, less resistance uh, within their life. Uh, We see adaptability and resilience build. So that's what I'm really referring to when I'm talking about getting into a state of flow.
0: And to me, that's when you get that brain into a self-regulated state and you can keep it there, we're talking the same language. We really are. You're looking, at, you're looking at it a little bit differently than I am, but it's, it's all the same thing. And I think so many times we want to manage our stress with sugar or alcohol or cigarettes or things that aren't necessarily healthy for us, and they certainly don't increase our, our well-being. So to have something that we can use to manage our stress that actually makes us bigger and better and stronger that's a great solution.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, know, as you talk about self-medication, the one, you know, the commonality, regardless of what the self-medicating drug of choice is, is that it's feeding the dopamine reward network within the brain. And music is an incredible substitute to um, replace all of these things and achieve a healthy state.
0: Well, you know, I used to think about addiction as alcohol or drugs, and my opinion on that has changed. You know, I think that our addiction now—I'm more concerned. I have people come in my clinic, Miss Lee. You have a cell phone charger? Nope. Oh, I see a meltdown, a total meltdown. Um, because I'm like, what's wrong? You know, you're not going—you're not going to use your phone while you're here. Well, I had to check my social media as soon as I leave. And I think that social media addiction and, you know, it's my opinion on addiction has changed, but it all ties into the dopamine, exactly what you were saying. Anytime that we do something and we really enjoy it, that brain starts kicking out that dopamine and that's such a feel-good neurotransmitter, the brain's like, oh, yeah, it starts off, I like that. And then it moves into, I want that. And then it gets to... I need that. And that's because those little nerve cells get all confused with all that dopamine pumping in and out of the brain. So if music can produce more dopamine in my brain, and I believe nature, there are lots of things that can. But if music can do that, and and I feel that way after I've done the listening program, I'm usually energized or peppy. I, I usually classify it one of the two ways. And in all honesty, I usually do it at the end of the day, um, and that's a good that's a good pick me up at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it, it's a you know wherever it works in your day is what's right. You know, I I love starting my day and uh, my day with it, and then bookending in uh, the late afternoon. You know, mm-hmm. kind of during that one to three o'clock lull that you get in your circadian cycle. Um, that that's all too familiar for so many of us. And that's actually a, a great boost to um, get through and have a few more productive hours.
0: So is this something that people need to do every day?
1: You know, it's a brain plasticity-based program, Lee. So, you know, in our experience, um, the frequency, intensity, and duration matters. So um, as a baseline, we want to do 15 to 30 minutes a day five days a week as consistently as possible uh, until we get the foundational program uh, achieved. Then once we've achieved our initial goals, Then we can modify the program and work toward new goals now that we have a new set of skills. So what happens is as you achieve um, changes in your life or for your child, if you're a parent with a child on the program, um, you then see them reach a new state and you move move toward the next step uh, in their life. So the listening program becomes a companion. And then once we have achieved a state where we're happy with where we are, uh, then, you know, then we can have some more flexibility. Um, so we really look. We need a more intensive training if we have a neurotherapeutic application. If we're using the listening program for neuro wellness, uh, we can be a little more relaxed in our application. Then if it's a tool for neuro performance, even more relaxed. But we'll find that that daily listening five days a week is really where the magic happens.
0: Well, I really like the fact that you work off the treatment goals because i honestly believe i don't care if you're 5 or 50 you have to know what you're looking for if you don't look know what you're looking for you're never going to find it and having those treatment goals and using that as a way for people to understand you know what changes how am i going to change my behavior how am i going to change it starts with thoughts negative thoughts create negative feelings And those create negative behavior. And so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I mean, listening to you, there's so much science that goes into this. And when we come back from break, I want to understand better the science and the art that's involved in the program.
2: have a book titled The Art of Doing Nothing by Veronica Bien in our guest room by the bed. I'm telling you, this book is an impossible challenge. In the state of Maine, it's said that someone who bottoms chairs for a living is lazy, presumably because one's bottom is perpetually in the chair. To sozzle means to laze around or perform a task in a sloppy way. The word is mainly found in New England. A quote from 1848 describes the term as used by housekeepers in certain parts of Connecticut to refer to a lazy person. Other words for lazy people are abbey lubbers, scabberlatchers, and slaughter pooches. To me, the ultimate lolly is someone who is too lazy to even fake like they're working.
1: It's words you never
2: down. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app Too funny for words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert
1: Annette Hammond.
3: Barbecue restaurants and cookouts are an unequivocal part of summer. Be it brisket, ribs, or turkey, the food is sure to please your palate. By making the right choices at your next cookout or barbecue restaurant outing, you can partake in most of the foods you love and still maintain your healthy, low-calorie eating. The best meat choice is rotisserie chicken. Be sure not to eat the skin, but enjoy the fabulous flavor. If you must have ribs, split an order with someone else and eat only a few. Get the taste without all the high-fat calories. Baked beans have brown sugar and molasses, but because of all the fiber, protein, and antioxidants, it is a better choice than hush puppies, biscuits, or french fries. Coleslaw is okay as long as it's made with vinegar instead of mayonnaise. Fill up on corn on the cob, green beans, and other vegetables. Enjoy the meal, but make good choices. I'm Annette Hammond.
0: Well, we've been talking about how the brain is is musical, and we're all wired for sound, and you know we're touched by sound in every every way. But the way that Alex and his program approaches it, there's a lot of science in it, and I'm a big believer in science. But at the same time, there's an art to it. So how you create music, and it's you know I can't just put on any Mozart and have the same effect that I have when I listen to your music. Kind of explain that to
1: me. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's a great question. So, you know, the listening program is steeped in, you know, the science of many fields. But from the neuroacoustic side, the field of psychoacoustics, which is the psychological uh, study of human sound perception. And what we understand is that when we listen, uh, in order to for the brain to take in process and recognize sound it breaks down the components of sound the frequency the amplitude the timing or the temporal aspects of the sound and the spatiality the location so what we do in the listening program is we brought together and continue to have clinicians neuroscientists musicians, music producers, and technologists collaborate in the creation of our program. So it, it's a great uh, multidisciplinary team that's interacting on the, on the side of the science and on the side of the art. And what is essentially happening is that we arrange or compose... Um, music in the classical and world music genres. And then we record that music uh, around a very specific um, set of criteria that we have developed over the course now of moving into three decades. And that criteria focuses on um, a very high quality sound, that has certain quality attributes to it. The way I want you to think about it is we take the natural elements of music and we enhance them and we make them more obvious so that the brain can recognize them. And we focus, first of all, on the sound frequency. We hear a range of sound as human beings from very low sounds of 20 Hertz up to very... So I want you to think of low pitch and high pitch. Research in this field, uh, for over 50 years specifically, has identified relationships with sound frequencies to different areas of human performance. And at Advanced Brain Technologies, we have broken that down into four categories that we call zones. So we, um, we label those zones by color, so they're easy to think about. We have the blue zone, which is all sound frequencies, that when we experience it, it's very balancing and integrating, it's like being home. It's our state of homeostasis. We have the green zone, which are the low frequencies, which are foundational to our brain development. We have the orange zone, which are the middle frequencies that are related to communication and language and attention. And we have the high frequencies that are more cognitive, executive function, uh, our creativity, our alertness, and our organization. So the high frequencies, create. Create arousal in the brain. <laughs> the low frequencies, lower arousal in the brain. And in the listening program, the music is designed and recorded to take you through a developmental progression of these sound frequencies over time. And all of the music is recorded in high-definition sound to be the very highest quality and recorded in such a way that when you listen to it in stereo headphones, you experience it as if it's in surround sound. So it's a very deeply immersive listening experience. And then in each 15-minute session, um, we go through three stages of training, a warm-up and a workout and a cool-down that are actually changing the brain's arousal during the session. So we meet people where they're at with very kind of moderate tempo, 50 to 60 beats per minute at the start of a listening session gradually increase the tempo up to 90 to 150 beats per minute, then back down to about 50 to 60 beats per minute at the end of the 15 minutes. And the music goes from very simple to very complex and back to simple. And all kinds of various technologies are at play, such as the sound moving back and forth through the corpus callosum. So we experience it in the different brain hemispheres, a technology called audio bursting with Helps us attune to volume dynamic changes in the brain. These very um, systematically stimulate the auditory neurons in the cortex of the brain to make them more responsive to sound and to uh, help the brain regulate uh, its listening ability to tune into the sounds that we want to hear and to block out the sounds that are distracting or painful. So uh, there's quite a bit involved, and, and in fact, we spend, you know, 12 hours hours training a practitioner and understanding this but I I hope that gives us a, a good basis for today's program
0: well you know I think it's the way the music is choreographed and that you talked about with the, with the different ways that you It almost sounds like an aerobic workout you know warm up work out hard and then cool down
1: yeah well it is and one of the most important things is that the music is accessible Now, this program is used on six of the seven continents um, by cultures that have all kinds of native music specific to that culture that is not necessarily classical music. But this music is prepared in such a way that it's very accessible. And when it's accessible, we enjoy it. And when we enjoy it, we have intrinsic motivation to do it. So we get very high compliance with these protocols because it just feels so good when you put on the headphones and you get to escape into the music, into your own world for 15 minutes.
0: Boy, motivation is something that that I hear people struggle with in my office all the time. You know, hey, what part of that brain is in charge of motivation? Ramp that up. Turn that on. And we'll laugh about it. But motivation comes from within when you enjoy something, when it brings you pleasure, that is motivating. So I think that the motivation is key to any, what, however approach you're using to create change in the brain. People have got to be motivated. They've got to want to do it. You know, People say, well, what do I have to do? Well, number one, you have to show up.
1: Yep. And what do you get to do? You get to show up and you get to do something that's going to make your life better. So it's even the attitude in which we approach things, you know, rather than the listening program being something we have to do, we always position it perceptually as this is what we get to do. This is the reward. This is our personal private time to invest in ourselves and build ourselves up. Absolutely.
0: You know, sound does create change in the brain. And my three biggest populations I work with, I work with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, and ADHD. And then there's, you know, usually it's a combination. But do you relate, like when I say ADHD, is there a frequency that you think would be more effective with someone that could help them focus on learning or or processing.
1: Well, you know, it, it's interesting because, as as you know, um, doing your work in neurotherapy, Lee, that. The, the brain is an orchestration of all areas, right? So from the brain te- brainstem to the cortex and back through the ascending pathways and the descending pathways. And when I look at the symptoms of somebody diagnosed with ADHD, um, the first thing I see is a challenge with self-regulation. And in order to help work on self-regulation, we need to concentrate in the low frequencies. And we need to build the foundation for attention by getting self-regulation in order. And then once we've got that foundation, then we move into the mid frequencies, which are the frequencies that are related to attention and focus on task. And then when we are in those frequencies, that's when we get into the flow state and we're able to maintain attention at task and we reduce our distractibility. And then for that individual, those attentional challenges, when we have inattention, we have uh, inability often to create and ideate uh, with focus, right? We get all kinds of ideas and go all kinds of directions but once we get grounded we get into flow state then we can move into our higher areas of performance. So that involves all of the frequency zones that we talked about working and orchestrating them together but in a systematic order. Um, but if we're to kind of label, you know, one range of sound, that would be that order zone, those mid-frequencies that are most directly related to uh, attention to task.
0: Well, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about those lower frequencies, you said self-regulation, and I thought, ooh, what about somebody that's anxious or that's gone through an emotional trauma? Would they start in the lower frequencies?
1: Everybody starts in the lower frequencies because I, I, I look at the brain analogous to a house and it relates to how um, we develop as human beings. And this is like the foundation of my family's work um, where they research primitive cultures around the world to see what stages of neurodevelopment were necessary to become what we call neurologically organized or efficient as human beings. And we start with the foundation of movement. And we organize the brain initially with gross motor movement. Then, once we go from developmental stages of creeping and crawling and we go upright, we then begin moving into language and communication. And once we begin communicating um, expressively, you know, with our voice and receptively, then we can ideate and have higher degrees of cognition and, and creativity. So we're really looking at building the foundation just as in an infant, moving from movement to language to higher order thinking. And the listening program is actually designed to take us neurodevelopmentally through those stages, but with sound frequencies.
0: So you mentioned you had a 10-year-old in the beginning. Have, have, has that 10-year-old experienced a program?
1: <laughs> that 10-year-old started his program in the womb. And in fact, there's a, a chapter in my book, Healing at the Speed of Sound, all about the protocol I designed for my wife, Mandy, while she was carrying Brendan. So he had and she had a program in utero, and then we had a whole sound experience for the birth process. And uh, needless to say, he's been on the listening program longer than ten years because he started in the womb, uh, and it's been a very uh, central part of his life. But his, you know, formal listening through headphones was, you know, in his high chair at nine months.
0: That's amazing. And I think, though, you know, I see your connection with your son, and I know my connection with my son, and that just feeds your passion for what you do.
1: Well, you know, it's really seeing lives change um, and my own experiences. You know, this program has helped me tremendously, Lee. I would have been diagnosed with a central auditory processing disorder had it been recognized when I was younger. And I was not a good traditional learner. And I was a behavioral problem in the classroom. And uh, even with all my family's work, um, they couldn't quite self-regulate me, but I brought myself together through developing these programs Uh, i had tinnitus rigging in the ears i had hypersensitivity to sound and i was able to resolve this through the development of this program and what i would say is when i maintain my practice of listening i am the best version of myself And when I begin seeing attributes in myself that are less than complementary and I have a shorter fuse and I'm I'm moody uh, and have lower energy, when I get the headphones back on and get back into my practice, that resolves, and I'm the best me.
0: Wow. You know, when I listen to you say that, I think, I hope that we talked a little bit about the different applications, but I hope that they're being used in some assisted care facilities.
1: Um, there, there are in fact one of the studies that is not on uh, on the website. We did a study with Genesis uh, Rehab Services, which is one of the largest in the country um, running these facilities, and we actually found in a population of over sixty elderly. Um, patients over an 80% positive response rate in a very short course of therapy, with very high family, therapist, and patient satisfaction. We would like to see far more of that, um, but this is you know our largest population. And where some of our greatest need is, you know, especially in, you know, helping individuals uh, with dementia to um, have a higher quality of life. And music has such a big impact um, on the brain when when it begins to degenerate. And it can help people um, stay grounded and feel safe and comfortable uh, when the world begins to become disorienting.
0: And it does on a regular basis. And you know, it sounds like though you're you're continuing to evolve and you're shifting your focus a little bit. Tell me about Vital's Leonardo.
1: So uh, Vital Neuro has been um, conceived for for a very long time, and the idea was if we could take the benefits of what we are doing with the music and then measure neurophysiology, like brainwaves, for example, in real time, and adapt the music in response to changes in brain and body states, that that would be the most powerful therapy um, that we currently know how to create. So I've got a longtime colleague who's a neuroscientist and a clinical psychologist, Dr. Cameron Falopor, who's been running a neurotherapy practice in Manhattan for over 20 years. And, you know, one of the leading experts on brain mapping, um, one of the contributors to the spot study, which is the large QEEG data normative database on brain maps, uh, and developed very pioneering neurofeedback protocols. So what we did is we joined the technology of advanced brain in the listening program with the power of his very unique approach to neurofeedback to create a mobile wireless um training program which we call neuroguided training that has a wireless headset and you'll appreciate this lee with dry eeg electrodes
0: oh yeah
1: that um, connects to a mobile app and then to our leonardo cloud to do real-time baseline brain measures and then to have protocols the first protocol uh, that we've been researching is on stress to read stress activity in the brain Uh, get that baseline, do a 15-minute training session with music designed to entrain the brain to a state of relaxation, then to reward the brain as it achieves relaxation, not only with visual feedback, but also with a proprietary method of auditory feedback that is personalized to your individual brain state in that moment. And so Vital Neuro is initially really focused on addressing the stress and burnout crisis in society, and um, that's going to be available later this year. So we've been in formal research and development on this for four years um, running studies, developing the technology, and bringing together academic partners. And uh, we're, we're very excited for this you know next generation of neurotechnology that our team's been building.
0: That is very exciting. I know back in, gosh, I think it was 2005, I was working for a neurologist, and some home training was rolled out. And at that time, I was not a supporter of it. And part of that may, may have been my inexperience. Um, but it didn't, and it really did not work, but we didn't have the technology back then that we have now, and that's one of the things that I'm considering, and I've been doing some training on the last month, is the training, because technology is there, and certainly with those dry electrodes, I'm not so sure everybody can get a cap on their head and get all 19 sensors um, (laughs) active, but with those dry electrodes, I think it's it's very very possible. So I think that is super exciting. Is there an audience that you are going to introduce this with, or is it just a general rollout?
1: No, uh, initially this is focused on the enterprise so we're actually going to uh the largest companies that are focused on solving stress and burnout issues in their employees um so um, the focus is going to employers that have uh, issues of um, mental health with their employees uh, burnout and turnover and providing this as a solution to help them and then you know after we you know build that foundation then this will move into um, consumer uh, availability um, with healthcare practitioners. And then, you know, eventually as a, you know, FDA approved um, treatment. And we currently are going through the FDA process so that this can eventually become uh, an insurance billable, reimbursable program to make it more accessible to people.
0: And that's so badly needed. It's just, you know, the whole mental health parity act of 1963 well that never really did come to be wow. uh, and it's it really does hurt my heart to see and, and i think that's why we as a society were so focused on our physical well-being people come in you know oh i got to get to the gym i got to work out i got to get my heart rate up and so are you happy are you having a good day how's your mental health and we're just not Society drives us away from focus on our mental health. Suck it up. Power on. You know, make it happen. Those are things that we tell ourselves, but those are things and messages that we get from from our environment. And I think it's time that we're going to have to shift our focus and say, hey, my mental health is just as important as my physical health and I actually talk about that in my book Turn your brain on to get your game on the importance and I mean your gut that's your second brain. So there's no there is no denying the evidence that our physical and our mental health go hand in hand.
1: Uh, you know beautifully said you know into that. You know, to that end, you know, one of our partners at Vital Neuro uh, is actually a university. So the University of Colorado and the National Mental Health Innovation Center um, is a partner of Vital Neuro um, because together we're very focused on solving the mental health crisis. And we know that, you know, pills don't teach skills and there are not enough Uh, therapists to serve the great demand and technology is an absolute key to help slow this mental health crisis that we have and to stop it. And we firmly believe that the tools exist and are being created that can take mental health out of crisis mode and make it an exception and not a rule, which is what we're seeing just with this global increase of mental health issues. And especially right now, um, during the quarantine and COVID-19, we're seeing all of the mental health issues and these um, diseases of despair uh, take a massive impact uh, on people and, and society needs a relief.
0: Well, you know, and I'm, I'm terrified to hear the statistic that suicide it's the number one cause of death in the young age group, like 10 to 34. And I think it's because people feel like oh, it'd just be easier than, than to deal with this. And I think putting these tools and, in people's hands and helping them understand that, you know what? It is okay to not be okay. And just validating that and getting them saying there's something that you can do. To improve your mental health because it all starts with the brain. What's going on with the brain? How what's you know, how's the brain sharing information? How's the timing in the brain? How's the power? The fast waves, the slow waves. It's all about what's going on in the brain. Everything you do or don't do is based on what's going on in the brain.
1: A hundred percent. I don't think you could have said it any better, Lee.
0: Well, I'm I'm excited. Um, tell us if people want to learn more about what you're doing, how can they reach how can they reach out to you? Yeah,
1: so you know, a great foundation is my book, Healing at the Speed of Sound. You know, and that's available wherever books and audio books are sold. Uh, I have a personal website, which is Alex doman.com. Uh, you can learn about our work at Advanced Brain Technologies at advancedbrain.com and Vital Neuro at VitalNeuro.com and Uh, all over uh, all those social channels that we're talking about to keep people uh, connected to their screens, um, looking for the little red indicator button that they got to like. So uh, yeah, any any of those channels are great. And I also uh, have a podcast called the Advanced Brain Podcast that's available on most podcast services services. So uh, we're we're accessible in all kinds of places.
0: Well, it sounds like you're everywhere and that if somebody's really looking for you, they'll be able to find you. And I'm thankful for that because I think the the program as it is today, the listening program as it is today, has so much to offer. And I, I think I said earlier, I see it as a great stress management tool. And that's one of the things that is so hard to do is manage our stress. Alex, Thank you so much for being with me today and sharing your time. And I can't wait to hear more about the vital neuro.
1: Uh, Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for doing what you're doing and putting out all this great information to the world. Uh, We really appreciate your efforts and are glad we're gonna have some opportunity to work with you.
0: Well, thank you. I'm excited about the learning that I'm gonna take place, undertake. Thanks again, and have a great day. Thanks for joining In Your Head with Lee Richardson. You'll be able to find our podcast on Tokido Net Radio or iTunes.